In Luke chapter 7, we have an interesting account of Jesus raising somebody from the dead. Now, there are several accounts like that in the Bible, but this one is a little unique. And in Luke 7, verse 11, it says, Soon afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. That was pretty common. Verse 12, a funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Let's stop here for just a second. Funeral processions were in those days an occasion for the entire city or village to show up and be supportive of the family who had lost someone. So it's not unexpected that as Jesus is coming into town, there's a funeral procession and it's large. It's the funeral procession of a mother, a widow, whose son had died. And when Jesus saw it, his heart overflowed with compassion. Why? Why is that an important part of this? I'm glad that you asked that question. Because there are times when Jesus took the opportunity to use his ability to do the miraculous to verify and point to who he was. But at the same time, what he did, he also did with compassion. It's important for us to understand that Jesus is a person of compassion. He had compassion on this woman. And so what happened? Don't cry, he said to her. Then he walked over to the coffin, which by the way was probably just an open thing that carried the dead person, not like we think of it. He walked up and touched it. He risked what was considered in those days becoming ceremonially unclean by touching a dead body or something related to it. He walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. And then he spoke, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. It's important that this account mentions that not only did he sit up, but that he began to talk so that it's very clear to us that he was truly back from the dead. Not just some strange response, but back from the dead, speaking, engaging in life again. And Jesus took him and gave him back to his mother. And verse 16 is an interesting one. It says, great fear swept the crowd. Really what it means is great awe swept the crowd. And they praised God saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us. And they were saying, God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Now, death is always a loss, of course, but for this woman, it brought together a number of losses. She had lost her only son. She had lost her husband. She was a widow. And she lost her best means of care and provision, so she lost her future. She was a widow with no sons, no children, no one to care for her. Her future looked bleak. Jesus had compassion on her. It's interesting because it seems to be in this account that it's more about Jesus' response to a woman who had lost much than it was about proving, proving who he was by doing miracles. See, Jesus didn't just leverage the occasion for a miracle. He responded to her loss with compassion. And that compassion led to his provision and restoration of her life as well as her son's. So naturally, words spread like wildfire. And so it's no, no surprise then that in verse 18, the disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything that Jesus was doing. Now we know from Matthew 11 that John is in prison. 
So his disciples visited him and told him that. And in verse 18, it goes on and says, So John called for two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Now that may sound like a question of doubt, but we'll talk about it in just a quick second, how it really was not. It's a question of clarification. Verse 21, at that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. And then he told John's disciples who had seen it all, go back to John, tell him what you've seen and what you've heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away, who are not deceived, who are not disappointed because of me. While Jesus' contemporaries shared an expectation of the coming of a messianic figure, rather, they were confused and uncertain about what that one would be like, and Jesus sure didn't fit the common expectation of that. So John's question is understandable. Are you the one, or are you one of the ones? Jesus wasn't what the world expected, and for Luke and his readers, however, there was little question about to whom John was referring in his question. John was asking if Jesus was the Christ, the Lord, the Son of God, the Son of Man. It was almost more, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, as John said before, but is this it? Is this all? Yeah, he's the, he's the Lamb, he's, the, he's one of the ones, but is he the one? And Jesus didn't answer John's question directly, but told the two witnesses, go back to him and tell him what you've seen so that he can decide for himself if Jesus was the one to come. The Messiah had been promised in many ways and very specifically the things that he would do. He was spoken of prophetically in the Old Testament where it says in Isaiah, for example, the lame will leap like a deer and those who can't speak will sing for joy. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. So Jesus sends them back to John with word of what they had seen and heard. So John could compare that to what had been prophesied and arrive at his own conclusion. Yes, Jesus is that one. So today, no question in our minds, Jesus has done what he said he would do. He came and fulfilled what was prophesied about him. And that gives us great hope for the rest of what has been prophesied about him. It's been said that for every prophecy there was about the coming of Jesus the first time, there were two about his coming the second time. Jesus is the one, and Jesus is the one who will come one day and do all of the rest of those things that the Bible has prophesied about him. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Jesus, thank you for coming and continuing the process of redemption that God the Father has planned since the beginning of time. Because of that, because of the testimony of many who have gone before us, the testimony of your word, we rest in and take great hope and have great faith in what is yet to come. You are the Lord, you are the one, and we declare it today along with all of these others. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So, keep the faith. Mm -hmm.